0: Time for the latest in sports debate. The hottest topics, the biggest
1: question marks, answered right now.
2: This
0: is The Critical Eye, with Erie Sports Now's Isaac Petcash.
1: All right, the gang's all back in town in Erie on a Friday, a snowy Friday from the Happy 927 Studios. This is the Critical Eye Podcast. However, you may be listening, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, any other platform you might be listening to us. Welcome in. Busy show to get to today. Isaac Petcash, Jovan Johnson, Joe Ledneski as always joining us. Jovan decked out in his Iowa gear. I hear there's a big wrestling match tonight. Iowa-Penn State. Who wins it?
2: I'm going with the Hawkeyes. I always Shocker. believe. Shocker. Can, can I ask why? <laughs> Shocker. Can, you, I always, can, can I ask why? I always why? believe that the tradition of Iowa Hawkeye wrestling is one of the best ever. Great coaches, great wrestlers. They were the Big 10 champions last year. You're just
0: you're just old enough. I'm just saying
2: to, you're See, old enough to remember I'm when Iowa saying. was good. We've See, been, I was. Hey, uh, we got to be really good in so, wrestling if we're number 2 in the so country. So
1: before the show, I I said to Joe over here, I said it's it stinks for Iowa when the best wrestler in the country is out and he said, "Well, Aaron Brooks is is still in." <laughs> Uh, listen, I take Spencer Lee any day. I'm not a wrestling fan, but I could watch that guy wrestle for I am. For Let's days. talk
0: about it. I'm pumped. This Wouldn't... is awesome. Uh, no, we're, <laughs> we're not. Uh, listen. No, I think it's, you know, it's going to be 18 12 Penn State. Low scoring. Well, I mean, you're not going to. I mean, Iowa doesn't stink. So well, you're not going to get. Of course. Of you're course not going to get bonus points. Of course not. Of course but not. But I'll, I'll be looking. I mean,. All right, for Cameron all you Starach, for, for, for all you, rematch, it'll be fun. For all
1: you wrestling fans, that's round three, right? They wrestled twice last year. Yeah. Because St- uh, Kemmer v- got, got, him got in him, the big tentiraci in the NCAA, a a in the NCAA. Yep. Should be fun. All right, round three. If you're a wrestling fan, comment who's gonna win. Tell us below. All right. Let's start with this, guys. Um first show that we've had since the podcast started where none of the three regional teams are in, and yet still some Are you guys gonna
0: go somewhere this weekend? Yes. With... Uh, <laughs>
1: Well, Joe doesn't know yet, so we're leaving for Kansas City tomorrow.
2: I'm not going.
1: <laughs> no, Joe Vaughn and I just coming back from Kansas City on Tuesday morning. Buffalo falling to the Chiefs 42-36. If you've been living under a rock, a lot of stuff happened in the last two minutes. Watch the replay. Anyway, it stinks to me when the Pittsburgh Steelers are out of the playoffs, and yet I'm still banging my head on the table with everything that's going on. So here's the lowdown, and we'll start with this. Yesterday, Ben Roethlisberger officially announcing his retirement from the NFL, 18 seasons with the team. This was expected. There was no shock with this. It was done a couple of weeks afterwards. Uh, What I thought was really interesting, there was no formal press conference announced, which I think is going to kind of be along the lines of how Ben's going to lead his retirement life quiet, away from the public eye, not really interested in so um, so much limelight, if you will. Um... Were you guys surprised by the way the retirement was announced, and the fact that it it wasn't very bombastic, if you will, kind of quiet?
0: Yeah, I w- I mean Ben likes it, um, but I I didn't. Ben doesn't have the personality to be in the booth, right? Like no, you you look at Tiger. Tiger's never going to be in the booth. Like you, we watched Phil. During the match, and you're like, "Damn, dude, shut up!" Like Phil is meant to be behind. I don't think Brady's that guy. Um, I, I think it takes a special, a special talent, and that's a lot of work too. I mean, it's not like yeah. Ben needs the money. Um, I think honestly, you know what? I think Ben's just going to be buying cop cars and playing golf. I don't, I don't think you'll really. You might periodically, you know, see him at a, a canine dog. You know, because I know. The, I, I mean, I'm being serious because you know the, the police. In Pittsburgh, that's his passion. That's always been his charity. You might see him when the uh, when they name a dog, but I don't. I don't envision him being. I think he's got his close circle, and I, I think that'll be that.
2: Yeah, I think it was it was expected uh, for him to go out quietly. I wasn't expecting no rah rah speech from Ben. Ben is more of a football guy. He's not more of a a people person. Um, you get to know that from being in the locker room with him. You can just tell how he interacts with certain guys. Um, and if you're not one of his guys, he doesn't really interact with you. So, you know, that's just Ben. That's the way he is. Um, life after football, I'm sure he'd live on a golf course and, and drink a couple beers and enjoy his life with his family and his kids. Um, you know, but Ben is Ben. And, you know, I I can't see him doing anything other than that.
1: You know, I think the best quote, the best uh, Twitter post that I saw after the Pittsburgh Steelers released that uh, tribute video to him, Tom Brady retweets it. And he quotes, you know, Ben was never a part of the TB12 method. He got rid of it for stick some ice on it, which basically means let's have a beer and, and watch the sunset during the off season. But listen, six Pro Bowls, two Super Bowls, 6.670 winning percentage going to be hard to replace for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And on that note, Announced today by Art Rooney that Kevin Colbert will be stepping down as the general manager of the Pittsburgh Steelers after the NFL draft. You know, guys, there's a story behind every story. And I want to believe that this was the end of the reunion, right? Kevin Colbert with Ben Roethlisberger. They had so many years together, so much success. The Mike Tomlin train had so much success, and Kevin's going to step down as a new era is ushered in. But there's a part of me that wants to believe that that's not true. And when you look at the makeup of this team, and and now the season being over, and you think to yourself, where does this team stand? Well, they're going to have a draft pick in the 20s. They need to find a quarterback, and the market ain't great for them, and the drafting class isn't great for them either. Keith Butler is stepping down, yet we found out earlier this week that even with Dick LeBeau in Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin took over defensive play calling duties when LeBeau was still there. I sense friction. I sense that there is some tenseness between Colbert and the Steelers as a whole. Not saying it's gigantic, not saying it would be enough for him to step away, but you can't tell me that this is based off of Ben's retirement or based off of Colbert's age that he's stepping down. To me, there's something else. And I wonder if Colbert sees the writing on the wall and he's getting out when the getting's good and saying, you know what, I don't like the direction of this team. Him leaving like this scares me. What I, say you guys?
0: I think I think you're overthinking it. I, I think that the fact that he's staying through the draft tells me it's, Hunt, I believe is his name, uh, young dude, or Omar Khan. And I, I think that Colbert's just going to be there to, to hold his hand. Um, you know, you got the impression, and again, the, the Steeler way, as BS as it is, you know, they've not yet announced that Austin's going to be the D.C., but it feels like he's going to be there. It feels like that's why he came. You know, You, feel, you know, it felt like Matt Canada came because he knew that that opportunity was going to be there sooner than later. Now, right, wrong, or indifferent, I don't know, but I, I don't, I don't, if, if, if I, be, and I don't necessarily believe that Kevin Colbert doesn't agree with you to a certain extent that the handwriting is on the wall, that it's going to be a, you know, it could be a, a lean two or three years, right? But why stay through the draft? I mean, why, like, why wouldn't you just get out? To me... He's staying through the draft because he's holding somebody's hand through the process for the first time. That's just what I would think because I don't know why he would stick around if he thinks
2: that this is a fiery crash. Or he's
1: being sympathetic and he wants one last hurrah to at least help this team because he knows the writing on the wall.
2: Yeah, Yeah, here's my take on Kevin Colbert. He wasn't successful as a draft guy, general manager. He didn't have a proven track record with the guys that he brought in. He ex uh, he consistently kept guys and overextended their welcome. Um, you know, I've I've been a part of teams where some guys it's their time to go, and and you just keep them along for the ride just because you know you have some sort of tie to them. Um, I know they drafted guys higher than they should have got drafted back when I was a stiller. And they kept guys going into fourth-year contracts that were already proven that they weren't going to give you much in their first three years, but you kept them, a la Ricardo Coakley and a few other guys that I can name. But, um, you know, he ex- he they overextended his welcome. The Roonies loved him, you know, and they loved him. And Tomlin— North
0: Catholic High, baby. They the Tomlin, all rolled together.
2: <laughs> Tomlin did an outstanding job with the team, but I think— Colbert should have been going a long time ago, and it's just like you guys said—the writings on the wall. He knows going forward that the pressure is going to be on him because now that Ben's gone, the quarterback position and their ability to draft the quarterback that can get it done is going to be a big part of what they do going forward. So He's been it'll, with be, the it'll be Steelers. Twenty-one
0: years, regardless of how good a bad. at his age, who wants to be part of a rebuild? You know, he can he can hang it up. And, and go talk into a microphone, and he won't make the same money, but he won't have to work nearly as hard either.
1: Let me throw this out there. Two weeks ago, I put a conspiracy theory out there that didn't end up being true. I said, what if Juju Smith-Schuster was on long-term IR on purpose so that he can come back for the playoffs, didn't really make a factor. But, but I think this might be slightly more sensible. We know the Pittsburgh Steelers are an organization based on longevity, based on dedication, based on wanting to leave an impression right the Roonies everyone knows who they are if you're a fan of the NFL there's a rule named after the Roonies for the way that they've gone and hired coaches Chuck Knoll Bill Cower Mike Tomlin yeah Tomlin we know has had underachieving teams the last few years but he will be remembered as one of the best coaches if not the best coach in Steeler history Kevin Colbert I think might fall into that same category. And as Joe said, 21 years in anything is a long time. He doesn't want to be part of a rebuild. Well, then let's get to this. Pittsburgh needs a quarterback. And in the draft, there's one man in particular who has been rumored around Pittsburgh for a few months. Now, this quarterback has said that he does not want to play with the Steelers, but let me throw this out there. If Kevin Colbert could get the quarterback right before he leaves after the draft. 20 years from now, we'll be talking about him and how he saved the team from chaos by getting the quarterback right. What if staying through the draft means he thinks there is a guy out there that is going to make a difference on this team? What if he's looking at Kenny Pickett and saying, man, I want this guy in the first round. I think he could save the team, and I think I could be given credit years down the road for picking the quarterback to secede Ben Roethlisberger. Is that possible? Is, is that maybe why? Because that, to me, seems like a logical reason why he would stay through the draft. And, and listen, if, 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 it's, if Kenny Pickett, whoever's a bust, no matter, Colbert's retired. But if he's successful, oh boy, Kevin gains much more credibility.
0: I don't think because I don't think they're a quarterback away. I, I mean, I don't. I think they are. But you don't think? Well, I mean, does Pittsburgh I think? Thinks. I think they don't think that either. I mean, are you sure? I can tell you this right now. I, if, I don't know if Joe Bond's boy Tyler Limbaum is there. He's absolutely going to be a Steeler. There's no way they're not taking him. The other one, and I don't know. I mean, again, he's such a baby, and we just got to. The other one's Jordan Davis from Georgia. Now I don't know if he's a three down nose three technique because you know they run the three four i mean you gotta you gotta be able to generate a bit of a pass rush in that front but i mean think about the way they got bullied at the point of attack on both sides of the ball Joe. and i don't care how big of a Steeler fan you are i mean you have to be honest with yourself and realize that they are more than a quarterback away now what about N'Kobe Dean from Georgia. I mean, obviously, the Devin Devin Bush experiment (laughs) failed miserably. So if there's a three-down middle linebacker that they can get at 20, Mm -hmm. I think they take it. I don't don't believe, because this is my belief, and this is why I defended the Najee Harris pick last year. And you can argue with me if you want. You'll be wrong, but you can argue with me. When you're picking at 20, you cannot pick for need. You have to take the best player available. Because why? Because at 20, let's be honest, you know how crazy this is? Maybe the fifth quarterback available is going to be there that's probably not even in the top 120 on anybody's draft board, and you're taking him 100 picks ahead of where he would have been slotted? And the fifth quarterback in the draft, in all likelihood, is not going to start. Again, if they were a quarterback away, I would be like, move up. Fire some bullets. They got a lot of itches to scratch, and I don't, I don't, I don't see. I could be wrong, but I don't see him taking quarterback.
2: Yeah, that that's a good point. You know, I don't, I don't know if at twenty you take a quarterback. (laughs) Typically in the draft, like you up to your point, the top four, maybe five quarterbacks are already gone at twenty. If they're not, they're probably not a guy that's going to lead your franchise for a long time. I mean, unless you know, you can find a guy like Ben Roethlisberger at twenty, but. That's not realistic. Ben got drafted number ten. So, at the end of the day, you you got a long a long ways to go. There's a lot more pieces of the puzzle that the Steelers need to be worried about. Um, that offensive line needs attention. The I mean, inside center, linebacker. They could go
0: tackle. They could go D, any any interior D line.
1: You could trade the pick for an middle, offensive middle
0: linebacker. linebacker. I mean, let's right. be honest. I mean, sir, I mean, if, if you're really going to rebuild, you're really going to rebuild. You look at what you've got. And Johan Dotson is sitting there at twenty. I you got to take him. I mean, you got to take a, a playmaker. To, I mean, you got Fryer Muth, who I think is going to be there for the duration. I love, I, like, I want to love Chase Claypool, but Chase Claypool is like that old car that you really like that only starts about a third of the time. That's what it seems like. I mean, okay. is is wide receiver solidified? I mean, they're, this is Not a deep all. wide receiver class. So again, I think they have so many needs. They could get, I mean, they could get a reasonably priced holdover quarterback, maybe stink again next year, or maybe actually I should say, maybe actually stink next year, and then take their shot at a quarterback.
1: All right, so so let's go to this, since we're on the topic of quarterback. We're gonna play a game, gents. And I know we're still months away, who knows what's going to happen, but let's play this. Who is going to be the Steeler quarterback next year? Okay. I want you guys to give me two QBs who you think should be the quarterback and who you think will be the quarterback. So we're going to play the game. Who is next? Jovan, start with you. Who should be the quarterback? Who will be the quarterback under center? Who who I think
2: should be the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers next year. I'm going to go with Jimmy Garoppolo. I just think he fits the Steeler mode. And I think with them drafting Trey Lance in the first round, they're ready to move on. And I think, he's been proven that he can win games. You know, he he might not do it the fancy way, but he wins. And I think the Steelers need a guy like that uh, to, to supersede Ben Roethlisberger, who I think will be the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers next year is Mason Rudolph. Don't
1: say that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> because they, <laughs> for whatever reason, they love him. They, they've been, you know, he got outplayed in the preseason by Dwayne Haskins, but he was still the number two. And, they never gave Haskins the opportunity. Why do you think they love Mason? They drafted him. They think he has a big arm. They think he has tremendous potential.
1: But he's only a third-run quarterback. I mean, Jordan Love got drafted 21st. The Packers traded
2: up to get him. Jordan Love, I don't think, was is, is Kevin was Colbert worthy. is on the record as saying that
0: Mason Rudolph was the number one quarterback
1: on his board.
2: Yeah, that was a problem. I mean, that was he's mistaken.
0: been on the record as saying
2: that. You see what I mean? There we go. Back to Colbert and how his draft picks were supposed to be these great players, and they never amounted to the things that he talked about. But I think Mason Rudolph will be the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers next year. I don't think they're going to go out and get a quarterback in the draft. They'll probably draft a guy late, somebody to just come in and just try to compete. But, you know, I don't think they're going to pay the money for a new guy to come put him under center.
1: All right, Joe, who should who will?
0: Well, he took one of my answers because I think there was two answers. The other one's Derek Carr. Um, but it's Garoppolo and Carr going to depend on the price. Okay. Cause again, it goes back to my point that they're not, I don't think they're a quarterback away. So if, if it doesn't make financial sense, if it doesn't make, uh, you know, draft sense in terms of what the ask would be, I think they do go with Mason Rudolph. And you know what? If you're going to, if you're going to do anything, you might as well go all in. So if you're going to be really good, be really good. But if you're gonna be bad, you might as well be really bad. Like there's no there's no difference in in the grand scheme of things between nine and or I guess it's now ten and seven and, and seven and ten. I mean, you're in that lump in the middle where you're not you're not making any great headway in the draft. But boy, you know, you go you go four and thirteen and all of a sudden you're having a different conversation. So I think it's gonna depend on what the what the dollar amount is with either Garoppolo or Carr. And I don't think they can go wrong with either one. And then, you know, you got to look at yourself like, is that guy make us a playoff team? Can we win our division? And I'm not certain. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't know if the Lord Jesus Christ played quarterback for the Steelers if they're going to win that division. I mean, they've got some legitimate, legitimate questions that they got to fill. And, you know, it's all about bullets, as you know, Joe Vaughn. And is it worth emptying your holster to get a guy that may not make you any better in terms of where you're at now well I don't, here's the i don't know pro- if it
1: does. here's here's the question pittsburgh has to answer what type of team do you want to be do you want to be a mike tomlin defensive team that rushes the passer that held, holds teams 25 or under or do you want to get with the rest of the league get with the program and we've seen this league change so much over the course of the last few years take a look at the afc who's at the end of the game kansas city and cincinnati patrick mahomes and joe burrow who was in beforehand? Josh Allen. Justin Herbert on the edge. Derek Carr in the postseason as well. It's an offensive league. We know that. So who should be the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers next season is Aaron Rodgers. I'm sorry. Mm. I, I'm sorry. N- 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 he hear, hear me, be. Hear, he hear me be. Out. I'm not going to say he will he be. He could be. But hear me out. But I doubt it. I think this team still believes they can compete. And, and looking at it from that perspective – You need a guy, if you still want to be in a championship window, and I think Pittsburgh has talent at the wide receiving position, you need a guy who legitimately can get you to a title against other great offensive teams. I don't think... I, I love Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he could be a great quarterback. But I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo can outscore... Patrick Mahomes, well, let me, let me Justin ask you a Herbert, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson. Let me get to where I'm, but go- get to where I'm going. But does Aaron Rodgers
0: look at that offensive line and be like, yeah, sign me up for Again,
1: that. this is hypothetical. I'm saying should. Um, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be the quarterback. But if, if you really want to compete, if you don't think you're going to be a rebuilding team, I don't know if Pittsburgh will ever admit they can be a rebuilding football team because they never have been save for a few years way back in the 60s.
2: If they did bring in Rodgers, I think, with the guys that they had Could you bring in Rodgers
0: and address that line at the same time? I don't know if you could. Well,
1: I think you'd have to get rid of defense. You wouldn't be able to sign Fitzpatrick. You wouldn't be able to re-sign Joe Hayden. What I'm saying is you'd have to take a direction offensively.
2: The 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 interesting thing about Aaron Rodgers to Pittsburgh is the fact that he can make throws to the receivers that you can't realistically defend right like he does with Devontae Adams but the issue still remains is the number of drop balls with the receivers because they dropped a whole lot of footballs Chase Claypool has to really over exceed and come into his own and and do some things a lot differently than what he's been doing of late Friar moves going to be a staple in the offense Najee will be a staple in the offense but they lose Washington they're possibly more than likely going to lose Juju Smith Schuster.
0: I don't. Th- I think he'll sign for one year. I don't think. I don't think the market's great for
2: him. But Aaron Rodgers, I don't think is going to mm. be able to make them a championship football team with the with the offensive weapons that they have. Right well, but
0: right. but if you're I, Rodgers, not, you got to look at division. Well, I could win that division throwing left handed versus going to the I, AFC. I, North. I
1: agree, but but I think I think. Just, just from my perspective, if if you're asking me to take a quarterback who can give a team a chance to contend, that's it's it's Rodgers. I absolutely. mean, there, there's not another quarterback that you could get maybe out Russell save for Wilson. Russell Wilson, and I think they're going to Seattle's going to ask a fortune for him. Absolutely. Well, let
0: me, just for fun, if I mean, if we're talking in, in crazy world, sure. If you're going to fire all the bullets that would require to get Aaron Rodgers,
1: why aren't you shooting for Deshaun Watson? That makes way more sense. See, here's my thing with Deshaun Watson. I don't care how good you are. When you have a year off of football, you're not the same. Well, and and that's I that's not
2: necessarily And I true. well,
1: but I don't know if Pittsburgh is willing to part ways with as many first round picks as Houston. Do you think going it'd be that want.
2: different though? I think Deshaun I, Watson makes makes the most sense out of all the quarterbacks we talked about, but I don't think it's realistic that they're going to give him the opportunity, especially given the, the state that he's in and the stuff that he's dealing with, you know, going to Pittsburgh. But you know how they always talk base.
0: about the, the landing spot to re- redeem yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Pittsburgh is, is that spot. But, so.
2: but
1: also, too, is it, though? Mike Tomlin's a player's coach. And and if you're Deshaun well, the perception Watson, perception is that you need a stable organization. But but, do you need, but, but that's no, that what happens. I'm saying. Do you need an organization? Say like New England, they're not going to get Deshaun Watson, but that has structure that can allow him to lead a a path that will be easier for him to go down, regardless. I think Aaron Rodgers should be the quarterback for Pittsburgh. I don't think he's going to be. I think he will as Jimmy Garoppolo. I said this from the beginning. I think he's the cheapest option and the best value. He's not going to win you football games, but he's also not going to lose you football games. And I think the issue with Ben Roethlisberger that we knew for the last year and a half, you didn't have confidence that he could play a full 60 minutes successfully. We saw that against Kansas City. We saw that earlier in the season in the Raiders game, the Bengals game. He was tired. He couldn't make the throws. So the reason I say Jimmy Garoppolo is I think Pittsburgh wants to earmark themselves as a defensive football team. As long as Mike Tomlin's the head coach, and Jill Vaughn, you know this, I don't know if Tomlin can get rid of that defensive mindset and calling the plays that he wants to own. So then you need a quarterback who can keep you in football games, and I think Garoppolo's that guy. I don't think it's going to be anything more than a third-round pick from San Francisco. I don't think they're going to demand that much because even though they're in the NFC title game, I think what we've seen is that Jimmy Garoppolo is not the reason why San Francisco is there, right? Their front four has gotten to the quarterback. Their secondary has played phenomenal, and Debo Samuel just might be the biggest asset on any team anywhere on the planet. But to me, this is... This is an opportunity for you to bring in somebody who can play stable, system, whatever you want. And he's not going to make the mistakes to lose you a football game. And I think that's what Pittsburgh is going to need. I think they're going to keep their defensive identity, and I think that's the guy who you're going to go with. I'd also be cool with Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is a great option, and I would have picked him. But I don't know if the Raiders are willing, going to be willing to – to part ways with them i think they'll do anything they can to either get him re-signed or stay with the team um so i would i would go with jimmy garoppolo um but but you guys bring up some good points i mean there are there are plenty of quarterbacks left out there um and and it's just i don't necessarily know if this is if pittsburgh considers this a make or break decision though We talked about how they like Mason Rudolph. We talked about how they, you know, they believe they're going to be able to draft a quarterback at some point in some fourth. I mean, how how important of a decision is this for Pittsburgh? I mean, is is this future defining, or is this let's kick the stone down the road and wait until twenty twenty five?
0: All I know is that the Eagles were so good on the offensive and defensive line. Nick fool Nick Foles Nick Foles fools everyone into thinking that he's a good quarterback. So again, like I don't I think it is I think it is beyond you know, again, Jordan Davis, Tyler Limbaum, could they go left tackle? I mean, they are still gonna need a center. I don't know if the best center in the in the draft's gonna fall to twenty. I mean, that's a position of need for just about everybody. Um, you know, you've got Najee Harris, and again, what I noticed, I think you did this on purpose when you're rattling off all the teams. I mean, Ryan Ryan Tannehill was one play away from not being eliminated.
1: Speaking of what, your argument that Baker Mayfield should be more like Ryan Tannehill, that, that kind of fizzled on itself last week. Now he got to be
0: able to – I mean, Derrick Henry – I mean, again, we shouldn't have thought that Derrick <sighs> Henry was going to just come in and dominate the world. That was an unrealistic expectation. But they were the one seed. And, again, I think you have to ask yourself. You can be rebuilding and getting better, but if you're a Steeler fan, say what you want about the Tennessee Titans, but – would you have traded your last three years for the Titans' last three years? Probably. I mean, do you want do you want postseason heartbreak or do you want we need a tie to be kept in the play? I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, the Titans have been really good. And again, I mean, what you're picking twenty. Look at, I mean, look at Joe Burrow. Where, where was he drafted? Look, I mean, let's look at where all these quarterbacks that are still alive and, and the really good one. Where were they drafted? Like, we get caught up in the, oh, Tom Brady, you can find a, you know, not really. I mean, for the most part, you got to you gotta stink to get your slinger.
1: Well, and and, and that's the thing. Then and, and that's why I bring up my point about Rodgers is this is an offensive league now. I mean, you have to score, as we've seen in the playoffs, including the Bills-Chiefs game, which we'll get to in a little bit. You, you have to score 30 points if you want to win. If you want to get to the Super Bowl, you have to have that consistent offense. I mean, look at Tampa Bay fly through the regular season, all of a sudden Chris Godwin and Jordan Antonio Brown leaves in a tizzy. They can't score points, even with Leonard Fournette back in. So I, I think if you're Pittsburgh, that's the dilemma, right? You're a defensive organization by heart, but you have to be able to score points. So, I mean, at what point do you start, if you're Mike Tomlin, Jovan, and think to yourself, maybe we need to change course? I mean, when was the, how, When has the team been most successful in the last 10 years? 15, 16, 17, 18. Who do they have on the roster? The killer bees. I don't think it's a coincidence.
0: Well, Pouncey and DeCastro are part of that equation. They, they are. You have me. to have a
1: good offensive line. That's but, back when Villano- but Villanueva
0: wasn't a human turnstile. He could actually block somebody coming off the edge. I mean, that, that's the other thing is that what makes the Chiefs so amazing is that here they are. And that's five new guys up front. And you know they literally not missed a beat. And the Steelers have been trying to plug and play because again, I don't know if anybody really anticipated that both Pouncy and DeCastro were going to bounce. I think I think they probably thought at least through Ben's career they would have one, if not both of them. So I don't. Again, we can bang on Kevin Culver, but I don't think that I don't think that he saw that one coming. I mean, they literally were sort of left in the lurch. With I mean, you're talking I don't know about Hall of Famer for DeCastro, but you know, you're talking all pro caliber interior linemen that all of a sudden you gotta plug and play and try to replace.
2: Heck yeah. I don't I mean, I don't know because to the point of, of Mike Tomlin calling defenses, that one I still got that thought in my head of wrapping my head around that being a true statement. Because when Dick Lebeau was there, I can assure you one thing for sure, two things for certain. Mike Tomlin didn't call a defense at all. We're talking about a Hall of Famer one of the best coaches ever.
0: That's what they said. I'm just, Mike I assume, Tomlin, I'm just Mike reading Tomlin, the reports that I, I Mike assume Roethlisberger was calling defenses. Mike <laughs> Tomlin
2: never called a defense <laughs> while Dick LeBeau was in Pittsburgh. Now, with Keith Butler, that's a completely different story because Keith Butler was expected to do what Dick LeBeau did, and it didn't happen. So Mike Tomlin taking the reins kind of over Keith Butler – I could see that happening. But. And
1: and now the question becomes for Pittsburgh. Speaking of coordinators, what do you do with Matt Canada? What do you do with the defense?
2: I mean hire Joe it, Johnson. It's I mean Austin the,
0: plug, plug. the shameless Austin's plug. Austin's gonna be there. <laughs> Speaking of D ten legend, I think Terrell Austin's gonna be the guy. I think he'll be fine. And again, I don't think that I don't think that Matt Canada was the problem. I think that, you know, there's a lot, you know, Ben couldn't go sixty minutes. Ben couldn't push it down the field I mean it was almost like they had to save Ben it's like when you're uh you know when you're when you're playing uh, uno and you've got that that wild card that you're just trying to hang on to hang on for the perfect time to use it but you've lost and then you're still hanging on to this wild card I mean that's what it sort of felt like like okay. let's keep it close and hope the old man's got some magic and he did a couple of times right I just don't know if Again, I, they they blame Canada. And I use this analogy on my show, and it got a lot of laughs, so we we'll use it on you. And this isn't anything about Ben Roethlisberger. But imagine, imagine Joe Vaughn. You got a buddy, and you know he's been married five times in the last eight years. And then he's got another lady friend that he's about ready to marry, and you and, the, you and your buddies are sitting around, and you're thinking, boy... I hope she's not as crazy as the, the last eight were. You're thinking, dude, homeboy's the problem. Like, you can't get me. Like, they tried to blame all these coordinators. But Ben Roethlisberger was the common denominator in all of those failed relationships. All of them. Except for Bruce Arians. Because that was, like, his, his boy. So, like, again, like, I think he gets a pass in that regard. Like... When 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 your buddy's got up all these women, like you're not like, wow, what's wrong with all these women? Like, what's wrong with that guy? Because I think Ben is the guy that was the problem. That was the rocky road in the relationship. So I, I mean, and Canada even alluded to it, or, or Mason Rudolph alluded to it when they asked him uh, you know, they asked him about. He said, "Well, I'm not an 18 year old, 18 year vet." Basically, saying that Roethlisberger did what he wanted when he wanted and had no issue undermining Canada. So, I don't think we can blame Canada. Have we really gotten to see what Matt Canada can do? I don't think so.
2: Yeah, Bruce Arians was was a different bird. Now he, him and Ben were were one and the same. I think they they really model each other. Like they're two of the same type of people. As far as like personality, mindset, etc., that's why they work well together, and I think Arians does have a really good way of calling plays, but I think him and Ben related to each other, and like it they was a lot Haley easier. In and,
0: and Roethlisberger and Haley like were oil and water. Yet Roethlisberger still had like the best statistical year of his career with Haley, and he still ran him out of there.
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, boy. Steelers
1: are uh, not shy for problems of this upcoming offseason. Game turmoil, baby. By the way, uh, today, today, January, this is like The Bachelor, uh, January 28th, write down the predictions. Who is going to be the starting quarterback uh, for Pittsburgh? We gave ours. Let us know who yours is. We'll see. It's going to be fun. Kevin Colbert stepping down. All right. Speaking of coordinators, let's shift to this. Multiple reports out today. Brian Dable going to be the next head coach of the New York Giants. Joe Shane, assistant GM for Buffalo, took the Giants GM job a few days ago. I said last week before the show began, and Joe Vaughn, when we did the podcast in KC, I made this the number one line of the show. If not now, when? For the Buffalo Bills. Last Sunday night, you had 13 seconds Separating you from a Super Bowl title because I don't think there's going to be any team in the league that's going to beat Kansas City to the Super Bowl and I think it would have been the same for Buffalo and now you look at where things are now you've lost your assistant GM that's not that big of a deal but now the offensive coordinator the man who has reshaped Josh Allen the man who has given him insanely great stats and has allowed him to be extremely successful a guy who Josh Allen essentially prayed would stay likely going to be with the Giants, if not now, when? Great offensively talented receivers, gifted tight ends, Dawson Knox emerging maybe as the best tight end in the league, short of Travis Kelsey, and the number 1 rated defense in football, who might also lose its defensive coordinator, if not now, when? With Brian Dable leaving, guys, um, potentially for the Giants, and Leslie Frazier, we don't know, did the Buffalo Bills just miss out on their chance to beat KC? Or get to the Super Bowl. Can they do it again? Because this this worries me with Brian Dable gone. Now, I don't know how good Josh Allen is without him. I think he's still a superstar quarterback. But some of that success has to go to the OC. Um, and now I'm concerned. Where do you guys stand with Buffalo now that they could lose at least one, if not both, their coordinators?
0: See, when you guys are out there big time in it at the stadium, you don't get to watch what they put on the old telly in the pregame. Josh Allen addressed it. He already made his claim as to who he wants the offense coordinator to be. And I'll be honest with you, I had no idea Ken Dorsey was the Bills quarterback's coach. He is. Last week in the pregame, he basically put the flag in the ground that that's who he wanted to be the new OC. So I think the question really is, and we just sort of got done banging on Ben Roethlisberger for doing this, but who's really calling the shots in Buffalo? Is it going to be Josh Allen, your franchise quarterback, who's already publicly said, He wanted his quarterback coach, Ken Dorsey, to get a crack at it, or is it going to be McDermott and the Bills that override it? Now, if I was, if I were the Bills, because Ken Dorsey's a
2: baby. I mean, he's he's younger than you are, isn't he, Joe? One? No, he's he's just a tad bit older. Okay, but yeah, but I mean, he's he's young, right? He's young. But
0: then again, you know, look at you know all these head coaches that are young. Maybe you bring in. Obviously, you're not bringing in Bill O'Brien, but somebody that has experience calling plays that can be an offensive quality control coach to sort of help teach, help learn Dorsey in in the spot. But again, I thought it was very interesting, which I'm surprised it's not been done. The tenor in which Allen spoke, I thought Dable would be gone by midweek.
2: I think I think Dorsey is a great option for them with the ties that he has with Josh Allen. He knows his quarterback. He knows what he's, his strong, uh, strengths are, his weaknesses, et cetera. And he played quarterback. Most guys that play quarterback come from systems. They've played in different systems. They know what work. They know what checks to make, et cetera. I think Dorsey would be a no-brainer. I think moving him up from quarterback's coach to offensive coordinator – kind of keeps that offense intact because he i don't see him wholesale changing the scheme and what they do maybe incorporating some things that he feels would make them better but i don't think he's gonna change the entire offense and try to manipulate it to his style um but i think that's why josh allen likes him and i you know when you spend a lot of time with a coach it's like if you're if your defensive coordinator is a db coach then more, more than likely the leader on the defense that's a DB could be the type of guy that can replace him and you know lead the charge because they are cut from the same mold I think Dorsey would be a heck of an option for Josh Allen and the offense
1: so the question that I posed to Joe on Monday morning was what's the difference between buffalo and kansas city and, and i think it's important to hit on this topic you know i, I vividly remember a few years ago I, I joe you might remember what day it was i think it was 2018 penn state and ohio state the game where the buckeyes make a 13 point fourth quarter comeback their second consecutive comeback of two scores or more in the fourth like quarter. Saquon
0: ran the opening kickback for a touchdown right and, Johnson, and, and then Saqu-
1: and then saquon got the ball on fourth and seven we, we won't mention that but James Franklin in this post-game press conference said, "We are a great program, but we are not an elite program yet. And to beat the elite programs, you have to do elite things." I think right now what we're seeing is that Buffalo is a great program. They have great talent, amazing defense, but they're not elite yet. What was the difference in in your mind, 13 seconds aside in that game? That 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 changed the mo- momentum and and changed the outcome cuz I just I just think we're at that point now where Buffalo is that great program, but they're not elite yet. I mean, is there anything that stuck out to you, Joe?
0: Well, I mean, obviously, you know, and I, you know, Dane Jackson, that was an awful spot to put him in to try to go, which I thought, you know, Leslie Fraser should have been fired, not promoted (laughs) for the, some of the, you know, they're, they're trying to play tackle to catch with, you know, safeties, 40 yards downfield, but that's either here or there. Obviously they're down their lead corner. Um, You know, that, that's you know when everybody when everybody gets bumped up and you get down to, to three and four and they're they're trying to play two and three it's you know you're gonna get exposed um, you know obviously you know if you've got you know if you've got a middle linebacker who can really play coverage that can give your your defense a lot of a lot of flexibility I mean they're good I mean again it's not like it's not like they lost the Lions on Thanksgiving Day here I mean let's this is two years in a row they've gone toe to toe, and I mean they're close. They're, they're definitely they're definitely close. Um, I would I I think that that if they're going to upgrade, and and what's his name is hurt. I mean he'll be back the corner. So I mean maybe you upgrade at middle linebacker because you, you got to figure that the Chiefs are going to stand in your way next year. I mean who can who do you have who can you acquire that can run around the middle of the field with Kelsey?
2: Great minds think alike. <laughs> Exactly what I said. Yep. The only the only difference between what Joe just said and 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 what I said was the fact that they needed cornerback depth, interior linebacker play that can cover the middle of the field against Kelsey, and a running back that can run downhill between the tackles. Only difference.
1: And and it was evident on Sunday night. Um, I'll I'll tell you what, and and I say this. I'm an unbiased reporter, but as a Steeler fan, if that was the AFC title game for the next 10 years, sign me up. Sign me up. I mean, it's, uh, you, you know, you it, know what
0: I think the most amazing thing we, is? Like, we talked about the overreaction Monday. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of people that, like, this time last week weren't all in on Josh Allen yet.
1: And then Monday morning rolls around, and Mahomes is 1A, and Allen all of a sudden is 1B. Where, where do you put him, by the way, quarterback rankings in the NFL? I have him three.
0: I'm, not, you know what, I like, and I'm kind of an old soul. I mean, I he can he can play, but the problem is is that the way he plays now is not gonna the way he plays in three or four years. And if you have a franchise quarterback, you need him to be that guy. You know, McNabb, Roethlisberger, try to calm him down a little. Bit, stand in there, his accuracy still not elite. I mean. I don't think anyone's going to argue. He's the most athletic quarterback when you take in size, speed. I mean, he... But, again, if you want to win NFL games, you got to be able to make all the NFL throws. And I'm not 100% certain that he can do that quite yet. I mean, you know, I think Joe Burrow and and Herbert are dudes that are just, I mean, has people salad. I mean, Allen is a load. But in year seven... This is year three, right? Or four? four? Four. Okay, so three years from now. In year seven,
1: I mean, you really want him coming out trucking corners? But but here's, here's the thing, um, and Jovan, I don't know if you can attest to this or not. A- as much as it might be safer for him to be a pocket passer, I think his accuracy, his talent improves outside the pocket. I think that's what we saw. Uh, in the game on Sunday, I mean, if, if you remember back to the first half, Jovan and I were talking about it. Uh, we we felt like Brian Dable was handcuffing Allen a little bit. I mean, they were running, try to run downhill, try to throw the, the inside short routes. I well, think they, route they were trying to, try the to the play
0: keep away is what they were well, trying to do.
1: Well, I don't disagree, and, and I, my prediction came to fruition. They weren't going to run the ball if it wasn't successful early in the game. But you saw later when Allen gets outside the pocket, when he has time, when he's able to scramble and make plays, he's at his best. And I think we saw that with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I don't think you have to make him a pocket passer. Um, but you're right, he can't take the hits, right? He can't yeah. barrel down on 15-yard runs and slide. run into linebackers. Right, learn to slide. Um, and that's going to be key because uh, I'll tell you what, any Buffalo Bill fan out there who doesn't trust Josh Allen, he Hellen, threw
0: some dimes, uh, to,
1: to quote Dawson <laughs> Knox, you don't know football. That Ooh. dude was tremendous 12 incompletions, completions nine touchdowns in the postseason you've got your franchise quarterback now build around him I, that's all i can say build around him because he is going to be the landmark he's the reason why you have a chance to beat kansas city next year you're all
2: talking right. the top three quarterbacks meaning minus the the guys that are his predecessors the guys that are in the league right now oh today T- today yes with aaron Rodgers being number one no
1: no no, the best quarterback in the league is Patrick Mahomes, and and I would have and I would have said Rodgers at the end of the regular season. I have n- <laughs> that guy makes throws, man.
2: No, that Mahomes shouldn't be physically Mahomes possible. Mahomes makes throws. I would I would say he'd be number and, and can, two. Can I tell you why? He's not better. Can, can than I tell Aaron you why Rogers. I
1: think he's better than Aaron Rodgers? Why? Because how he, his how, legs? Su- how successful is Aaron Rodgers outside of the pocket? He doesn't need to get out the pocket. But but how? But how? Successful is he when he gets on when he has to move. Well, but why his feet. would he?
2: Why would he have to use his legs when he does? Did,
1: did you did you watch Saturday night's game?
2: When I'm the saying, Niners got him in the pocket? Well, yeah, but th- that wasn't the only reason. I'm sure why Aaron Rodgers
0: would the, be like, to, listen, would the, love to have Kelsey and Tyreek kill. Well,
2: right,
1: but the NFL nowadays is, has moved right. It's now a mobile league, and I think compared to how the, the how the league is now, I think. Mahomes is a better embodiment of how quarterbacks play now than Rodgers. I think Rodgers throws the best football out of anyone. But, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is just something else. By the way, best quarterback. If you really want to
0: have some fun, I was just thinking about what you two were arguing. You know who the Bills should go after?
2: Juju Smith-Schuster. Wouldn't be a bad option. That would not be a bad option. That'd be a great compliment. I'll I'll tell you what. if If
1: you could get Juju with Gabe Davis standing there in the middle of the field, then you've got Diggs, Dawson Knox... Juju's not
0: going to cost a ton either. No. He should. Maybe not. five, six, eight yeah, million he's max. Not gonna, he's not going to. One year deal. If the Bills And he Ju- didn't get beat up. Yeah, he had no, a yeah, whole year off. If the Bills signed Juju Smith Schuster, that would be a significant upgrade.
1: Can I make a quick comment too about Juju Smith Schuster? I didn't realize this. And maybe, I, I don't know if you saw this from the press box, when they came out and played Kansas City, I, I looked at Juju. And then I looked at the other Pittsburgh receivers. I said, Pittsburgh has had no size at receiver all year. Like, Juju looked significantly bigger than everybody else. And I get Deontay Johnson's a little guy. Chase Claypool's got some muscle on him. But, like, that was a guy who, he, who I looked at and I said, he's, he can muscle off of people,
2: right? I mean, that's just the way I saw it. He's the, he's um, the type of guy that if you have a proven number one, He's gonna excel as a number two, like he did with AB. Yeah, you know he he's proven that he that he can be really really effective if you have a guy that draws all the attention.
1: We'll see, Um, but Buffalo That'd
0: that'd be fun to go go three by one and put Smith in the slot behind Knox with you know. That'd be scary. You get, hard yep. to, you get hard to cover in a hurry.
1: Yeah, because then again, you look you look at that match of, let's say, for Kansas City. All right, we got a double team digs like we did in the in the game last week. And, and if we, you know, then we gotta leave Gabe Davis on an island, but we we got Juju there, and, and if we don't cover him, there's Dawson Knox sitting there. I yep. mean, that that could be a scary premise. Yeah, that uh, could be scary for teams in the league. All right, let's end the show with this. We have to talk about the games at hand this weekend. I want to predict them here. Let's start in the AFC. Bengals and Chiefs, I'll tell you what, Joe Burrow's making a compelling case for MVP. I know it's the regular season only, but my goodness, has he been tremendous. Who do you guys like in this game?
0: I have a bad feeling about this. So, remember the last week of the regular season when everything mattered and it was all awesome and it was great, right? Yeah. And then we had the big letdown the next week with Wild Card Weekend and everything was clunkers. And this past weekend, every game went down to the final possession to win. I think we're due for a clunker this weekend. I don't think... I mean, the the Bengals haven't scored enough points to beat the Chiefs since they routed the Steelers and Joe Mixon ran for 10,000 yards. Um, I like Joey Burrow. I think, I think he could be the next legit dude for the next 15 years. Oh, boy, where do they... I mean, Jamar Chase, obviously great player. Um, I like Tyler Boyd, you know T. Higgins, but they just—I don't think they have enough dudes. I don't think they have enough dudes to put up. I think you know we we're talking about you know how, what do the Steelers need to do to to get a playoff win with the Chiefs? I think it's the same deal. I think I think the Bengals have to force a couple of turnovers, do something weird because I don't I don't see the Bengals and I hope I'm wrong, but I don't see the Bengals having enough firepower to score 42, and I think that's what it's going to take to beat the Chiefs.
2: I tell you what. In my heart, I have to say I'm not going to bet my money against Patrick Mahomes, but in my gut, I got a weird feeling about this game. I think it's going to be a shootout, and I think Jamar Chase is going to have a huge day. You think Gabriel Davis had a huge day? Well, guess what? These corners are in for a long one with Jamar Chase. And then having Higgins and Boyd as the complimentary number two guys that can get open – I think Joe Burrow is going to have a heck of a day, but I just don't know if if I can say for certain that they're going to pull it out. It's a big against stage Kansas and a big City. step up for Joe. Joe Mixon team. has to have an outstanding day against yeah. that defensive line um, in their front seven because um, their linebackers in, in KC are really good, young guys that can really fly around and make plays. So if Joe Mixon has a great day, I think Kansas City or uh, Cincinnati keeps it close. But if, if Joe Mixon doesn't have a good day, I think Kansas City is going to steamroll them. Well,
1: I think the key to this game is Cincinnati's already won the season. I mean, they're playing with house money. Who thought, A, they'd be a playoff team, B, win the Division, C, make it to the AFC Championship game? And, oh, by the way, they had to beat the number one seed on the road with Derrick Henry back. Uh, Kansas City, of course, we know their prowess. We know it's Super Bowl or bust for them this season. And I think Tampa Bay losing gives them a lot of confidence. But, but I'll, I'll say this. When you've already beaten a team earlier in the season, you have confidence that you can beat them again. Since he got them on a last-second debacle um, at home, I think Arrowhead Stadium's a bit of a difference. I think it's close. I think it's high scoring. I think it's close. I'd say 38-35. Kansas City wins. But, um, man, if you're in the AFC North, we're talking about Pittsburgh, and you're looking at Cincinnati and what they've done this year, you're looking at Baltimore and realizing that the Ravens are getting healthy, and they've got Lamar Jackson coming back, and a competent backup all Cleveland needs to do is find themselves a solid quarterback or make the defense slightly better. This AFC, man, it is loaded. It is loaded. And Justin Herbert didn't even make the playoffs. So uh, I think Casey wins the game. How about the NFC title game? Uh, Saint, uh, Saints, Niners and Rams. Who do you like? Joe
2: I like the Rams. I like the Rams for a lot of different reasons. I think bringing in Odell Beckham Jr. when they did was a, a great signing for them because – he forces teams to have to play them straight up because you can't now focus on Cooper Cup, and he's and I think Cam Makers is the X factor with getting him back from injury. Him and and uh, the other guy, the running back, Sony Michelle, Sony Michelle, those two guys at running back, I think provide a lot of different, um, different dangerous options to have. Um, but I think it's hard to beat a team three times, let alone twice in the season, but three times. And I just don't think that with Debo Samuel limping all around the field after last game, I just don't think he's healthy enough. I think the Rams win. I think it'll be a close game, but I think the Rams will pull it out. Defensively, they're going to put Ramsey on Samuel wherever he line, whenever he lines up at receiver, kind of try to neutralize him. And I don't think the, the 49ers have much more than that to make, to make it through, unless Kittle has an outstanding day,
0: Joe, I think, I, again, I, I anticipate this is going to be a clunker. Um, I think I just, and I think we're going to be due for a great Super Bowl. Um, yeah, I, I thought I was impressed with Matthew Stafford. I, I thought that he really took the step and made the Jets look like, or the Jets, uh, the Rams look like geniuses with, with what they with what they did. I wonder. You know, Cam Akers. I wonder if all those guys kind of are you know have have the have the nerves dusted off a little bit. And I, I think it I think it probably helps that it is the Niners. You know, familiarity breeds contempt. I think playing at the Super Bowl champs. And by the way, where's the Super Bowl at?
1: <laughs> So-fi,
0: get to sleep in your own bed. The spaceship. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's I think again I, I think the Rams are the, the team to beat. I, I don't. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't anticipate I don't anticipate good games this weekend. I
1: really don't. All right. This is maybe a little bit of a heart pick because my two Super Bowl predictions at the beginning of the season are still in. I think the Niners win because it's a clunker. Um
0: that very likely could happen. Because because,
1: because I mean think about it. You know, San Francisco. Bores you to death. You hate watching him. I mean, I you, you could argue the the least entertaining game of the playoffs last week was the Niners-Packers. I mean, it was ten three 10-3 game up until the block punt touchdown. Um, San Francisco boringly moves its way in for a score. I mean, if not for Debo Samuel, uh, this team is the 2015 version of the Denver Broncos. Exactly they, why they I picked. They, they can't get any in sort of bonk. offense going, uh, yeah, but their down. defense is phenomenal. Listen, <laughs> uh, clearly the past is the past. However, when you as a head coach lose six straight to a team and you're coming in and playing that same team, Sean McDay, I think, is going to have some sort of concern. Um, because I don't, I don't know if there's a way to play the Niners. I mean, I think they're so <laughs> – t- t- whatever. They're so mediocre to decent at everything that you really can't focus on one guy. Can they try to stop Debo? Sure they can. Um, but I think the Niners, in some fashion, will find a way to keep it close to the end. And if they do – They've proven all season they can win close games. If Matt Stafford I, I smell comes an out
2: and plays the caliber of football that he's played throughout the playoffs and the end of the season, it's not going to be close.
1: Yeah, I agree. But think I
2: about mean, the, the Rams two, turned th- it over four right.
0: times and Stafford didn't turn it over. Well, at think
2: all. Wh- right. What if right? But the two the two quarterbacks
1: that the Niners played before Dak Prescott at home on a turf he was supposed to play phenomenal. What happened?
2: He didn't. Aaron Rodgers at
1: home in the snow in the frozen tundra in Green but Bay. But that's a
2: different ball game. At home in a snow, frozen tundra offense not moving the ball. Right. Completely different ball game Log-
1: logically than playing in L. A. How many
2: being sk- in L. A. How many offensive sunshine, touchdowns
0: did the Niners score last week? None. One.
1: They, did, they did. not score any. It's a trick question. They didn't score any. zero. Oh, yeah, then, and <laughs> zero. They <if, if, laughs> didn't score
2: any. <laughs> <it, laughs> I thought it was. I thought they had ten. What was the final? It was thirteen ten. It was. Oh a yeah. Okay. So shot. they yeah, blocked the block punt. To, punt yeah. yeah. So and again, that just go, the front four from the from the Rams are gonna neutralize the run game. They're not worried about them running the football. You know, and then you got guys like Jalen Ramsey who's a lockdown yeah. corner, all pro, the guy that can get it done versus your best receiver. I don't see it being close. How about Eric Weddle not all-
0: playing since the '70s and played like 64 snaps last year and made an
1: impact?
2: <laughs> Ball. So
1: I'll tell you what. When you're cut from the great cloth like Baltimore's defense, uh, you can do basically anything when you go to other teams. All I'm saying is this: Matthew Stafford better hope he goes out and throw a couple of quick touchdown passes. Because if this game, as long game, as he plays a if, good game, if this they're game they're gonna is gonna play,
2: it's gonna, it's not going to be close, of
1: course. And if Dak Prescott had played a good game, it'd have been 30 to nothing by halftime.
0: Yeah, I think the Rams have more weapons
1: though yeah
0: i I do i I think that and plus i'll be honest with you you i I mean it's it's
1: it's a toss-up
0: i mean they had i mean the cowboys have a coach that won a super bowl but i mean mike mccarthy got ridden out on a ramp. i don't know kellen
1: morris being looked at for head coaching jobs i'm I'm just saying like i mean listen if it's if it's boring early i like the niners if if uh, stafford's on his game yeah it'll be a blowout however listen we can't complain. We had a great weekend of football last weekend, and I think the Super Bowl is going to be great regardless. I'd love to see a Chiefs-Snyder's rematch, only because I picked it at the beginning of the season, but uh, we'll see what happens. All right, conference championship games this week. Next week, we're back. We're breaking all the games down, talking if Brian Dable goes to the Giants, what the Steelers need to do, plus an offseason outlook. Oh, there's a lot to get to next week on The Critical Eye. We will see you all then. Enjoy your Friday, enjoy your weekend, and enjoy football. Conference championship weekend coming your way.